And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big Sean McCarthy. Well, it's a special day because we are together here for the new Weighing In podcast. We are coming to you almost live, but definitely together so we can actually go over the fights that took place on Saturday. A lot of action going on, a lot of news coming up. We got things to go with, but it's really good actually seeing you in person. This way I can actually hit you. Okay, I'm not going to hit you, but I can try. You, don't want you already tried to hit me. You couldn't do you it. You're so slow. Oh, I smoke. am slow, though. Smoke. I am slow. Dude, your smoke is like, <laughs> I don't know how good it feels to be in the in the same room as you. Sometimes, oh, he can hit you. I was like, ah, you know, but, you know, it's uh, Big John. Anyways, um, look, it's actually kind of nice. It is. And I, the best part is I get to see your son, Caleb, so he's awesome. If we, if we moved uh, to Tennessee... God, I have to see you more often. I would never want to live there, to be honest. Oh, dude, you would love it. You're like, you, you, I want you to think about how much better your life would actually be. I have a pretty damn good life. Yeah, it would, and it would even get better. I don't know if that's Dude, possible. just living near me, I'd get you into logging, falling out of trees, riding one wheels, getting stung by yellow jackets. Your life would become exciting. You missed out on all the part where I got fucked up. That's the thing. One wheel, yellow jackets, trees, axes, all the stuff that people get really, really hurt. Yeah, that's what makes life fun. I think the word fun is a matter of opinion. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. okay. Look, if you guys are on our YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. Also, hit the little bell on the bottom right corner. That will notify you when I drop our shows. Also, there's a link down below. Hit that link. And if that link will take you to our Clips channel, also hit the subscribe button there, which is absolutely, you will love our show that we do there called Wayne Interjection. It's a fun little show we do specifically for that channel. You guys enjoy. Hit the subscribe button on both our channels. As well as all of our audio platforms. We've got Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, all of the stuff. Look, our main ones are Spotify and iTunes. So make sure you hit that subscribe button when you're in your car, stuck in traffic. Now that everyone's getting back to work, make sure you guys do that for us because we appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. And uh, let's talk some fights, John. Let's do it. We all, let's go with, you know, the, the UFC was last night. Bellator mm-hmm. was last night. Let's go with the UFC since it ended first, which means I had to watch it later. But that's okay. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Did they do that on purpose? Because they wanted to get their show done. Of course. Because we had the better main event. Which is actually... Belter had the better main event. Which is actually smart. And I like Anthony Smith. Anthony Smith is awesome. But the overall, in terms of who had the better main event last night? No. Bellator did. Yeah. Who had the better main card? Bellator did. Yeah, but... I mean, but it was still, look, and the fighters from... It was... But it's the same thing. I had guys, you know, sending people sending me stuff on Instagram showing me they're watching both, which is exactly what I always did. Awesome. And it's like, that's the way to do it, man. Watch yeah. everything because there's you can be watching and all of a sudden this fight is fantastic. This one, maybe not that good yeah. or in reverse. So. Yeah, it's, it's so funny because I see all these like uh, Instagram posts and uh, wives, will, they'll, they'll usually do a post where it says, yeah, husband bought an 80-inch TV and he's like sitting there watching the fights on his phone while his son or daughter is watching cartoons. cartoons. He's like, 
This is what <laughs> you're so, relegated to. But, but really, when it comes down to fights, though, it really I have my phone on and I'm watching one one promotion and then whichever promotion has the better card, I usually watch it on the bigger TV. But I'm like doing both back and forth. I'm like this kind of, you know. So, but uh, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I think if you are a true MMA fan, you watch all of it no matter what. Even if you're just a true combat sports fan, oh, yeah. you're watching. The boxing portion, you're watching the kickboxing portion when Glory's around, you're watching, you know, one over in Asia, you're watching PFL, you're watching Bellator, obviously, and you're watching UFC. So there's a ton of Because what are you looking for? Good fights. Good fights. Good That's fights. it. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah, exactly. If it's a good fight, I'm happy. Yep. It's a boring fight. I say, why did well, I watch what that? What would you know about good fights? I mean, I don't know. This I mean, is, yeah. I mean, you've, you were only privy to be like inside the cage when I fought a couple times, so that did you, you say know privilege? much. Priv, privy, did, privy. 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 Privy? That's a big word for That's you. That's a privy. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, geez. All right, let's talk about Anthony Smith and Ryan Spann because this fight had a little bit of heat going into it, had a little bit of heat going out of it afterwards. But, we, you know, we talked about the fact that there was a huge difference in experience mm-hmm. and that, you know, Anthony Smith had a lot more experience and that experience could be the factor I don't know if that was the factor, but the the speed and the power of Anthony Smith, Ryan Spann had problems with it the entire time. He got hurt early. He got put on his can. Anthony went after him. Anthony then went after the arm bar, which wasn't set up well. And so he gets out of it. They get back to their feet. And again, Anthony hurts him on the feet, gets the back, takes his time, works towards the choke. And you could tell that, you know, there's nothing against Ryan Spann, but that choke was on and he tapped within a second. Yeah. You know, he he he, he just didn't have an answer for anything Anthony was doing. I don't know who first said it. I'm going to just give Conor McGregor a little bit of credit. There's levels to this game. <laughs> someone said that? Yeah, someone said that. Anyways. Right. But look, the bottom line is there's levels to this game. Whether it was on the feet, on the ground, experience definitely plays a factor in every big-time fight. Oh. So when you have a fight like this as main eventing, something like that, Anthony Smith this is someone who he's got a ton of fights. People forget he fought in Strike Force. Oh my for, god, yeah. yeah he I a, did his fight. Exactly. There. So like he fought, fought in Bellator. He's yeah, fought everywhere. He's been everywhere. When people look at his record, honestly, in the beginning part of his career, he was just fighting people that didn't even realize how good they are. You know, and so then he just kept fighting and fighting. He's got all the experience against some of the best people in, in the sport ever. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, obviously he's still learning. You've seen him um when he fought Glover, right? Just yeah. destroyed Glover in the first round. Yeah. Then, but what happened? Out. Just exactly. Like, just learning yourself. Look, we're going to talk a little bit about Alejandra Lara as well. But she went through the same thing in her last fight. Not this fight, the one that just happened, but the one before that. Yeah. Where she's like, look, I just fought. I fought crazy and it cost me. And, well, last night she didn't fight crazy and it cost her still. So she needs to figure it out. And this is a process like where Anthony Smith is somebody who... He fights really well. He's so talented. He's good on the ground. He's got good striking. He's got heavy hands. He's someone that's so well-rounded, but the problem is though, he's still figuring out who he is as a fighter, even after all of these fights. You know, I, I agree with you in the fact that it's that sometimes you're, you're in that position where you don't, you're just not that you know capable of doing everything that you can do in the gym inside of the cage once you're actually fighting. Mm-hmm. You can do it in the gym in practice. And you've got that talent. You just never are able to bring it out and show everyone all the talent you have. And at this point, Anthony is. He had good head movement. He sat there. He looked very relaxed when he was throwing. And when you're relaxed and you're throwing, you throw heavy shots. And that's what was happening in this. And again, look at Ryan is obviously a big dude. He is way, you know, Anthony's not a small guy. No. 
And Ryan was way bigger than Anthony Smith in this. He just, you know, he, he was taller, he was thicker, bigger legs, everything. But it was that nice, smooth, and relaxed style and the power that Anthony was hitting him with. He couldn't deal with, you know, the angles and the shots that he was getting hit with. And there was a little bit of, uh, you know, words at the end. You know, Anthony kind of stood over him, gave him the whole thing about, hey, you know, now, now what you're going to say and things like that. Kind of got a little out of hand, but that's not who Anthony is. No. Anthony is very uncharacteristic. Very uncharacteristic. You know, yeah. he's a great guy. You know, I really don't know Ryan Spann. I'm sure I've heard that he's a good person and stuff. I know, you know, by working out where he's at at Fortis, he's surrounded by great guys. So sometimes tempers get the best of people, but it was nice to see them in the end have respect for each other. Yeah, the thing is, is like you said, Anthony Smith is not that person, nah. which is nice to see after they got done, they were able to, you know, figure it all out and make sure that it didn't happen. But um, emotions get the better of fighters majority of the time. You know people. That. Yeah, people. The people. Yeah, and so it's hard. There's, there's What people don't get, the, the casual fan at home, is, and there's a lot of them, by the way, um, is that they they don't understand how much emotions go, how many and how much emotions go through a fighter during the week of the fight. So anything that's said, that fighter is in their hotel room just watching and reading every interview the, his their opponent is going to have. They'll never admit to it. And yeah, of course. Oh, I don't know anything about him. I don't know. But then things like this happen. You're like, yeah, see, you read every or you watched every interview yeah. we ever fucking did. We get it. But um, but overall, Anthony Anthony Smith is someone who has, he's got great talent. He's he's proven that over the years. He's trying to get back to that title shot. I think he's working out the kinks in terms of how he fights at a fight pace for him to control his his body style, his body tempo, and how he is able to put pressure without exhausting himself. So it was a good performance by him last night. And good stuff. Here's the real question: When you look at, I think he's, I think Anthony's what, thirty three years of age? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. But he's had. Over 50 fights. That's a lot. It's a lot of fights. And, you know, he yeah. still is actually, yeah, 33. He's actually young. Yeah. You know, and he's he's got he's got years left because he is not, you know, on the downhill slide. He, at, at times you're looking, you're going, he's actually getting better and better like we were mm -hmm. talking about. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Anthony's that guy at any moment. I like the call out that he made. He made the call out on record. It was a you know a, a guy that he's fought before. He lost to him. He, there was a unanimous decision. It was clear that he lost to him, but he wants that fight back. I like the fact that he wants that fight back. I think that's the right fight for him at this time. And I think if he can get that fight and if he can get a win, it sets him up right in line yeah. for getting a shot against someone like Blahovich. Yeah, what well, uh, Rakic, right? Rakic. Rakic said that he's available in the summer. I love that. So hey, I love the fact he's like, hey, I don't give a shit who you put in front of me. I'll beat you again. I'll fight you again. Whatever yeah. it is, yeah. like those type of situations. I love those. I love those type of fighters because as a promoter, that's you guys got to remember. As it's a easy. promoter, everyone's sitting going, well, why would he fight him again? He's already done this. He's done that. But guess what? As a promoter, you'd love that. You oh, love yeah. the fact that both fighters are like, yeah, I want that fight. And the other fighter's like, yeah, I'm ready in December. Let's go. Yeah. Because it's easy to match me. Well, here, you don't have to worry here's about the contract. Yeah, exactly. So. Exactly. So good stuff by him. And, uh, you know, like 50-something fight. What, 52 fights? Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot. John, that's a lot. That's a lot of fights. I fought 20 years. I think I had about a little bit less than that, a little bit more than that. But it was about the same. But it was 20 years of fighting. He's, he's been, been he, close. He's close, though. He's close. He's getting Gosh. there. God, I wish I was 6'4", though. I'd be fucking... <laughs> I would have been so good. I'd be rich, rich. Like, rich, rich. Be rich, rich, rich. Yeah, just another level of rich. 
I love it. All right, well, we had Ian Kutalaba facing Devin Clark. Kind of went a little bit like we said. It was Ian Kutalaba being able to be the bully. You know, when he's the bully, he does well. When he's being put on his back foot and someone stands up to the bully and is able to push him back and things like that, he doesn't do as well. He kind of gets a little tired. It takes a little bit of steam off him. Devin, Devin Clark wasn't really able to do that, and it was pretty much, you know, it went to a decision. It was a, it was a, a decision you could agree with. You know, where does Ian Kutalaba fit, though, in the UFC right now with, you know, that win? It's a good win, but where do you put him? Because he's kind of almost like that gatekeeper guy. Oh, he's going to be so mad. I know that. he is, but yeah, he's tough, dude. You know, but it's that when you watch him fight, you know, he'll fight guys that have you look and you go, that guy's got a lot of skill. And the skill tends to take over and it puts him in a position where he's now riding uphill. He's, he's, a, he's a chess move behind instead of being the guy who's dictating the pace and the way that the fight's going to go. So. But big, good win for him against a, a quality opponent, Devin Clark. Devin Clark's a great wrestler, but I don't know. It's, it's it's one of those. It's like where do you where does where do you put him and where do you go with him at this point? I mean, realistically, with him, just to be honest, as a promoter, you just match him up against the best fights you could possibly do, and hopefully, he just continues to win because he's one of those like kind of like crowd favorites where he comes in with the at the he's wins. Got the attitude. He's got the attitude, the personality. But I don't try to match him up against like the top-level guys until I get him probably about three or four or five straight wins in a row. Then I start saying, okay, look, your confidence is good enough. Let's see how you handle a top-five guy or top-eight guy, whatever it is. But otherwise, I just basically give him exciting fights. I don't do anything that puts him um, into a category where he ends up losing to a top-five guy because then you ruin your market on him, which has happened a little bit already. So when you're having him fight, right? So he's fought um, – go back, Dave. So with his losses, who did he fight? Arkelaev, I think he fought. No, yeah, yeah Arkelaev. He did twice he because twice. they had the one that was. That's right. One of them was stopped. He was not, mm-hmm. you know, in in a position where it should have been stopped, and so they gave him a second one. But second one, he lost. Yeah, so he lost to Cannoneer. You know, he lost to Arkelaev. He lost to Glover. I mean, those are big. Those are good. Those are good weight losses. If you're going to lose, those are good losses to have. But if you're going to have a loss, by the way, yeah. but when it comes down to it. He's having a hard time beating that next level. So let's get him about four or five wins. It's some confidence because we've talked about this. Confidence is key for everything when it comes to sports in general, but for sure in fighting. So if he can get a win, a couple more wins, start building that confidence. Okay, let's give him somebody who's in the top 12, 13. Let's get you in that bracket, maybe the top 10, top 8, whatever it is. And then start seeing, chipping away at that. And then once he gets a win there, maybe one or two more fights in a – and not so, you know, like, you know, and back out of the top 10, whatever it was, get somebody in there and just see if we can keep building this confidence well, that way. I, I agree. As a promoter, he's the kind of guy you want because he comes to he's fight. Fun. He comes to fight. There's, there's no bad, you know, he's he's a straight ahead, I'm going to go and try to kill this guy yeah. fighter. And so as a promoter, you'll love this kind of guy, but you got to be oh. careful with him because every time you're putting him against that next level guy, he tends to lose. And that's why I'm saying kind of the gatekeeper – if you, if you can't beat him, you're not one of those top-level guys. Yeah. If you can beat him, you are one of those top-level guys. Yeah, that's true. True. Right. Uh, what else was next? Armin. Man, he looked. He hit poor Christos with a shot that was <laughs> solid. It was a left hook that just put Christos down. He was not able to recover, and then he took some big shots. 
after that, man, he uh, Herb let him take some damage in that one. He got toasted. So you're saying it's a bad stoppage? No, it wasn't a bad a stoppage. One, he was trying one? to give him everything that he could. That's another you way know? of saying bad stoppage. That was bad stoppage. <laughs> it was. You know, Herb was trying to give you know give him the chance because he's in a position that he can try to stand up, and and it just shot after shot starts happening, and you see him just starting to wilt down, and you know he made the stop off it, but it was a great win by a guy that you know we both know, good wrestling, strong guy, had the had a great fight actually against Islam. Islam, you know he uh, he's putting himself in a position to be one of those top guys, so yeah. he's getting up into that upper rank, that's not an easy place to be, so. He's good. Podcast, Dave. All I heard from John's mouth was Herb Dean fucked up on the stoppage. That's all I heard. <laughs> That's it. That's all I heard. Podcast, Dave. That's it all I heard. not a bad stoppage it, at all. It was a horrible stoppage. Look. Not a bad one. A horrible <laughs> one. Herb Dean, if you're listening to this, he just called you out. That's okay. it. No. <laughs> that will now no. be other thing as other ones. That That's going to be a promo good. clip. We're oh, just gonna, that's oh, going to headline our is, show. Uh, yeah. Big John McCarthy calls out Herb Dean's bad stoppage. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, look. Um. What, how do you say his last name? It's Saryukin. Yeah. Saryukin? Saryukin. Yeah, Saryukin. Look, he's talented. He's good. When I watched him fight Islam, and I know Islam was actually going through, uh, either he had a staph infection or he was sick that week. But regardless, when I talked to Islam, Islam goes, he was good. He was better than I thought he was going to be. He was good, even though I was, wasn't feeling well. But he did a lot of things that I wasn't expecting him to do. And it, he gave him a ton of credit. Um, he thought he was a phenomenal fighter. But it really just comes down to, like, he's good. He's talented. Everyone, it's so funny because everyone's like, oh, he barely beat Sir. He's not even, he's not even ranked or wasn't ranked at the time. He barely got through him. I'm like, you guys got to understand. There's things that fighters deal with throughout the, the week time. that doesn't never, that never comes out, period. Yeah. And the ones that do come out, oh, well, he's just making excuses, you know. Well, even when they win, people don't, they don't care. They don't want to hear it. <laughs> After the fight, I won, but you know, you're just making excuses. <laughs> no, I won. I won the fight. I don't have to make excuses. No, I won. No. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, when I saw that fight, I was like, yeah, Saryukin's good. I knew he was talented, but he's one of those sleeper, uh, like sleeper good fighters that people are overlooking, I think. And when they, when they, when you match him up with anybody, I think in that top 10, top 15, it's for sure the top 15, but I think that top 10, the top eight, I think he's going to fare pretty well. Uh, I'm telling you, the guy he beat in Chris Oscaros, he came up in the Southern California area, and I, I repped him a ton in smaller shows. And then he got to the UFC, and then he left, and he went other places. Then they brought him back, and he has consistently become a better and better fighter. Yeah. And so the guy that you know Armand beat, look, he beat a good fighter. Christos knows how to fight. He is dangerous in a lot of areas. His stand-up is now really good. He's got power in his hands. His ground game is good. You just got beat by a better fighter. Yeah. Hey, it happens. Yeah. Back to the drawing board. That's what we got to do. Ooh. <laughs> Nathan uh, Manis, the man with the crazy tattoo of Bruce Lee's on his yeah. side. The first time I, th I saw that, it was before the fight, so I was like, well, obviously that that's a tattoo, but, man, that really looks real. Yeah. <laughs> it, it looks like the claw mark, man. It really does matter when you have a good artist. It does? It does. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Big John got the prison tats over here. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. They, they did with some wire don't, don't, and like wire. A, a motor or whatever it was. It's a fucking bone <laughs> and a stick. <laughs> you just dated yourself. Oh, yeah. Look, uh, as far as, you know, Manis is, he's a scrapper. He's a gamer and stuff. But Tony Gravely came in there. And in the first round, Tony Gravely was doing good work. He was piecing him up at times. 
He was controlling the fight. I was like, damn, look at Tony. He's he, he's making a fight out of this, and he was doing well all the way up yeah. into that point where he got hit with a big shot and he wasn't able to recover. You know, Nice comeback by Manis. Shows he's, he's gritty, he's tough, and I feel bad for Tony, but hey, man, you fought really well. It was a, a good performance right up to the point where you got hurt, and that happens. Yeah, here's the thing. When you get to that level, right, which would you could say – UFC, Bellator, one, PFL. When you once you get to that level, any person can beat you at yeah. any time. True. And I think some fighters just forget that. Because we're gonna talk about that a little bit too in the Bellator situation for the opening main card fight. Yeah. It's it's a fight that ev- us included. We were like, Oh yeah, this this is you know, we didn't think that that Parrish was gonna win. We were like, Ah, he has a chance, sure, but well, let's be real. But this situation, same thing. Same exact thing. Like oh, yeah. thinking, we thought it was a good fight. We thought you know it'd be close back and forth. But like you said, that Manus was actually dominating the fight. But then it was like it doesn't take. I'm not dominating. Oh, fight. Gravely was dominating the fight. But then it only takes one shot by Manus to get the whole change thing. Change the whole thing. Yeah, not dom- But he was winning. Yeah, he, he was winning the fight. He was doing well. He he was able to get his shots off, and he was feeling in rhythm. You could see that yeah. hey, things were working for him. Things weren't quite working that cleanly for Manus, and he yeah. was he was pressing at times. Boom, one big shot, the whole thing changes, finishes the fight. Nice win, you know? Yeah, see, Podcast Dave, this applies to real fighters, not you. So when you and I are around each other, it doesn't apply to you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Joaquin Buckley and Arroyo. Oh, man, I'll tell you what. that. Sometimes I don't get Antonio Arroyo because it was like output-wise. Joaquin Buckley was being Joaquin Buckley. He was going in there. He was throwing his hands. He was getting hit at times when Antonio Arroyo. I guess it's not Arroyo, it's Ahoyo. But when he was when he would throw, he would throw with power, and he actually, you know, he you could see that it was affecting Buckley, but the output just was minimal compared to what Buckley's were. So I'm looking at the rounds as the rounds are going by, and Buckley is just he's out voluming, yeah. similar to what happened, you know, when you're looking at the Yoel Romero versus uh freaking Phil Davis fight that happened. You're getting out volume, you're not having enough output. If you don't throw, if you don't try to do something offensive, you can't win this round. Yeah. And so he was looking for the big shot to hurt Buckley. He had the one time, look, when he hit him with the flying knee, that was explosive. It was dynamic. It landed. It put a giant goose egg on him and stuff. But those moments were just too few and far between. And finally, when Buckley landed... Buckley landed, he hit him with a, you know, it was a right hand, but that's not what hurt him. It was the uppercut. As he was kind of getting, you know, stumbled back by the pressure of Buckley, he didn't see the that uppercut landed and blasted him, and that was the end of that one. Yeah, Buckley's one of those fighters that, like, he rises to the occasion at the weirdest times. Yeah. He has great fights, then he has... Uh, Lackluster fights. Lackluster fights. Yeah. So he's just got to work himself out, I think, and just figure out where he's going to be in his mind. Because a lot of it, I think, is confidence. When you come in there, do you think you're going to... If it's not going your way right off the bat, is he the same fighter as the second and the third round come along? He's someone that's extremely explosive, got big power, but uh, also um, just does things that most fighters don't do. That whole spinning back kick oh, my God. that he did in Atlanta was beautiful. I mean, while someone was holding his foot yeah, up in the yeah, yeah. I, I'd be lucky. I would have killed myself. I'd have torn my knee out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, broken hip, for sure. For oh, yeah, there you go. Broken old man hip. stuff. But Joaquin Buckley, he was in Bellator for a little bit. Oh, yeah. So he fought in Bellator. Then he had some, you know, he's had some great fights. He got beat by Logan. You know, Logan Storley oh, was a yeah, fight yeah. that he had, and Logan just you know, mauled him. But you look, he's with a new camp. 
and I think this camp is working for him. I think he's he's re- refining what he's doing. He's becoming a more relaxed fighter, complete yeah. fighter. He's still strong, still explosive at times, and he's staying busy. He just needs to continue on with what he's doing, get the fights that he you know he's getting from UFC. You never know. He's physically strong. Yeah, physically. But he's kind of a tweener. He is a total tweener. Yeah. You know, he's carrying a lot of muscle mass. He's got a huge chest, but that's not yeah. going to help him in the yeah. fight. You know, I, wish I had a huge chest. Need... I never had a huge chest. You didn't me. need it. Yeah, it bugs me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never had a big chest. I was like, ah, yeah. you know, barely had a little sculpture. <laughs> oh, it's great. But good uh, stuff by him. Uh, any other fights on this card? Uh, no, the rest of them, I honestly, I didn't get to watch. I watched the main card because yeah. we were busy. Yeah. So I didn't get to watch any of the... Uh, Prelims. Uh, prelims at all, so. Good stuff. All right, Dave, hey, pull up the uh, Bellator card. Now we want to talk about one of our favorite products that is part of the Weighing In podcast. It is Fume. Fume is an outstanding product as far as getting you to quit smoking, quit vaping in a natural way. It replaces that hand-to-mouth habit that some guys have. You know, you get used to doing something, and so just naturally you go to it. Well, you can do that with fume using the applicator that put, you put the core in and you get that same feeling of that hand to mouth but you're getting the cool and very refreshing effects of essential oils and not bad things like nicotine it will curb your nicotine cravings there's menthol sensations like peppermint or eucalyptus stress relief with lavender and cinnamon there's no smoke, no vape. You can do it on a plane. You can do it anywhere. No nicotine. It's not bad for your kids. If you have kids around, no harmful chemicals, just plants. And you need to head to www.breathefume. That's F-U-M. Don't put the E on the end. Breathefume.com slash weighing in. And then use the promo code weighing in. By using my promo code of weighing in, you're going to save 10% on your order today. You can take the quiz and find out what super plants are best for you. It will only take you about 30 seconds to find that out. And all of that is really information that can help you have a healthier life. You can do the call to action and buy the, the packs that they have. They have, if you get it, you get the fume prominent, which is the piece that the cores go in. You'll get one pack of Conquer, one pack of Peppermint. You'll get a black pepper and the new white cranberry. You got to try it. It's a great product. Yeah, it's an actual wonderful product. Actually, I love the fact that there's no there's no smoke. There's no fumes, even though it's fume. Even though it's fume. There's no fumes. But it, the essential oils, it also has helped me in terms of sleeping, clears, clears out my nasal, nasal cavity before I go to sleep. So I Which use is it. hard to do. Yeah, it is. Very true. <laughs> Uh, but then on top of it, I've had family and friends use it after they've had COVID. It's actually helped them bring back their taste and their smell. So that's the one thing that um, with the essential oils has been proven to work as well. We just we weren't too familiar with it until we had signed with Fume Absolutely. and working with Fume. So that was one thing that um, some family, close family and friends had have told me. Like you said, is the no smoking, the no smoke in the car for yes. kids, for family, for people that don't want to be around that. It's absolutely wonderful. And they have different types of packets that come with it. So you have the prominent, you have the conquer, you have the peppermint, the black pepper, the white cranberry. But they, There was like a, a, a bubbly lime. Oh, bubbly lime. They got all kinds yeah. of flavor. But that new white cranberry, that's the new one yep. that everyone seems to really like. All right. Well, hey, go to 
breathefume.com, F-U-M, not F-U-M-E. So breathefume.com, use the promo code WAYNEIN to get all those little packets with your first initial uh, purchase and, or not purchase, but your first initial. And uh, let us know what you think. Yeah, let us know. Hit us up in the comments. Tell us. All right, so WAYNEIN, use the promo code WAYNEIN. All right, where do you want to start? Right to the main event, or you want to go from the from the bottom to the top? It's up to you, baby. You pick it. Ah, I'm all over it. You know, let's start with like there were some there were some fun fights in the prelims, but let's just start with number seven, which is Alex Polizzi and Grant Neal. How did you uh, have that fight scored? I had that fight scored for Neal. So did I. I just just wanted to know because I was like, "Ah." but it was close, and so I I didn't have a problem with it. It was. I thought. you know, Grant Neal had most of the takedowns in it. He landed the the powerful shots comparatively. He had the the one round definitely went to Polizzi where he was able to get some uh, good positions and stuff on Neal, but wasn't wasn't able to do real damage. You looked at both of their faces at the end of the fight. One's not looking like he got you know hit yeah. much, and one's looking like he got bumped up quite a bit. So, but. You know, it, it, that was one of those fights where they both put everything they had into it. Yeah. They were exhausted. Mm-hmm. And you look and you say, I can't ask anything more from you as far mm-hmm. as you put you put it out there. But it's one of those they're both going to look back on it and go, I could have done so much better right there. I could have done so much better right there. But that's that's inexperience. Yeah. I mean, 8-1 and versus 6-0. Six six and and yeah. I mean, it was like one of those things. And pretty much Grant Neal, almost all of his fights have been in the Bellator cage. Yeah. You know, so like he's learning on the fly. Absolutely. In, in, in a big promotion. It's like, okay, I understand. I would have liked to have seen him. I thought he won the fight as well. So I would have liked him see keep his undefeated record. It's a shitty situation to be in, I think, if you're Grant Neal. But uh, Polizzi came out, did what he could. Like you said, both fighters gave their all. Yeah. And that's really what that's really what you're looking for as a promotion. That's what you're looking for out of them. It didn't live up to what I expected, though. It was a good fight, but it, I thought it was going to be a lot more explosive. But the two of them were trying to out, out-wrestle each other. Yeah, they're trying to out-muscle each yeah, other. Yeah, muscle and wrestle each other. So it ended up being one of those fights where there's a, there was a lot of good stuff, but it could I feel like it could have been a better fight. Could have been. So, um, no, But it was good. And I, Again, I, say, I look at it. Man, when, when two fighters go in and they give everything they have, yeah, I will never put him down. I will never say a bad thing. You gave everything. Yeah. I can't. I can't ask for anything more from you. Yeah, me. can't be mad at that. So, uh, but the fight that shocked us the most, Ben Big Tuna, par- the Big Tuna, Big Tuna laid down. Big, the big Tuna kahuna. put the big slap down on everybody. <laughs> he put the slap down on me. He put the slap down on you. He put the slap down. Speak for yourself on Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself. I love no. You. He, uh, you know, he actually came into the fighter meetings throughout the week. He's like, "Hey, I heard about you. It's like podcast weighing in, and then basically, like they said that I, there's pretty much no way I was going to win." I was like, "Oh shit, man, John, we got to be more a little bit more diplomatic when we." Well, our you know, it wasn't, and you know, it wasn't that. I look and okay, you can even hear what I say before the fight happens when you know Ben Paris is coming out. I said, "Look, he's four and one. He his only loss." Mm-hmm. was when he broke his leg on a kick a la Anderson Silva against Weidman, Chris Weidman against Uriah Hall. That's type of situation. He snapped his leg in half, stepped back on it, bad break. So that was his only loss. And then you go and I watched all of his fights, and you you look and he, he had really good heavy pressure in the top position. He's actually got a good submission game. He There's no doubt he lost a lot of weight, so he's carrying a lot of extra skin and stuff, so he doesn't have that build that people it, are going to look at the look it's the look it's the look it is absolutely the look but you look you go but he can fight man i'm telling you this guy can fight 
But when you're looking at him and who his quality of opponents were compared to Christian Edwards and what Christian Edwards has been able to accomplish, you're going, yeah, he can fight, but I just don't see him getting the win overall as far as if they both fight their best fights, I would think that Christian Edwards is going to win. Not that neither guy you know, is yeah. – oh, you're a definite winner. But if you're going to say – going in, you've got to look and say, okay, both guys are going to give their best. I'm going to have to say that I think that this guy's going to have the edge. Well, I would have given the edge to Christian Edwards, yeah. even though I knew that Ben Parrish could fight. I never saw him have the power yeah. that he hit. <laughs> that was a beautiful left hand that he hit. Uh, Christian with, it was you know when Christian switched stance to, and it was a beautifully timed. Man, that's this is what you're looking to do. You're given the opportunity because, let's be honest, Ben came in and – the fight was called off because Christian Edwards had a situation with his heart based upon it's a weight cut and they're taking his heart rate, heart rate same as like Muhammad Ali back in freaking when he was going to fight Sonny. Listen, they're taking his heart rate at the weigh in and stuff. What are you doing? Yeah. You know, he just lost weight. He, you don't do that, but you do the, the medical later on so you can get some fluids back in it. But so they canceled the fight because Christian Edwards was considered medically unfit. Mm. Then they reschedule that fight. Ben Paris is getting ready. Christian Edwards is getting ready. And Ben comes and he's got COVID. He put it out there so yeah. I can say it. He gets COVID, fights off. And yeah. so this was the third time. And he, he said, he goes, I've never been so prepared for someone. Yeah. I know exactly what he does. Yeah. And you know what? He proved he was right. That combination that he threw, it kind of reminded me a little bit of that rock cold Bisbing because it came right over the glove, very, very, boom, right on the chin. Absolutely, very similar. Yeah. And, and, well, look, when we did the interviews, and Ben goes and he's like, he's like, I'm faster than him, you know, this and that. I was like, uh, I don't know if you're faster than yeah. him. Yeah. And I, we, when he walked out, you and I talked, I was like, yeah, he believes that he's faster. I mean, but then when I started seeing the exchanges, Christian was longer, didn't get his hands back. back. So it was like, you can be faster throwing the punch. Yeah, but you got to get it back to But you got to get it back to protect your chin. So getting it there and getting it back is, they go to get, they have to go together. Yeah. And he just, it wasn't there. And Parrish hit him with a clean shot, jumped on him. Once he jumped on him and landed the big shot right after he hit the ground, it was okay. Oh, he put him out. Yeah, yeah, he was done. You know, Christian didn't realize he went out, but he went out. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. And and just like I was talking about, when you're in Ben Parrish's position, this is your opportunity, man. Yeah. This is your chance. And so what are you going to do with that opportunity? What are you going to do with the chance? You're going to do what yeah. the big tuna did. And, hey, man, hats off to you. That was fantastic. It was awesome. to. I even loved what you said in the interview. You were great. I can't wait to watch you again. What am I going to say? Like, what can I say? He was yelling to me as we're doing the rest of the car. Hey, hey. <laughs> like doing the whole, like, look at me, look at me. And I was like. Yeah, so I actually yelled back. I was like, hey, hey, I won't ever second guess you again, buddy. Good stuff. <laughs> nice work. Good fight by him, though. He can't, like he said, six months, six, seven months, almost a year of preparing for him. He yeah, because you figured with the broken leg, and that was another factor is he hadn't fought in a long time. Yeah. He proved Dominic Cruz right. Nah. There is no such thing as ring rust. That's true. That's true. Uh, next fight. Which one did you, if you're taking a look, I'm going to say that that was, I was shocked that there was actually booze at times during this fight. I wasn't. Really? I wasn't shocked. You want to know why? Because um, 
I'm from San Jose. And I, understand, <laughs> I know what these people are like. I understand like. what these people want. Yeah. You know, and look, everyone wants a stand-up fight. A lot of people want stand-up fights. But the thing is, is Saul, I thought that Saul, he conserved his energy because he's used to getting tired by the yep. second and third round. I agree. So he was like, okay, look, I, I feel good right now, but I don't know if but a couple big exchanges, am I going to get tired? Like, you don't realize how much that weight cut affects you, especially for his first fight at 55. He looked huge first. That was one. Two is you could tell this, the the strength paid off. Like oh, yeah. the, it, it translated. There was, there was a huge difference. Yeah, huge strength yeah. difference. So Georgie was just muscle. He was out muscled yeah. for a lot of. Georgie had great technique. He stopped a lot of things with you know, but eventually it was that strength that wore him down. Yeah, yeah. you know, couldn't stop it. He had the one you know the flying knee that one that got him. It hurt him, and he almost he, he kind of touched him with the second one, but it didn't land as clean. But he had that moment, but that really was the only moment in the fight where he was the guy that was in control doing the damage. Yeah. Sal quickly kind of turned it around again, and once he got a hold of him, he ragdolled him. He yeah, ragdolled but, him but through Saul, a lot of that fight. Saul brought this up as well, though. At 45, his chin was a little suspect also. But at 55, yeah. he's like, no, no, I feel good. Yeah. My chin takes more shots in training. My chin takes more. It, will, it should be able to take more shots in the fight. And so when he took that knee, that would have put him probably on. Oh, yeah. He would put him on stilts. It would have put him definitely. It would put him on his ass. Yeah. So he he just he you know he's one of those guys like he gets clipped a little bit at forty five and he's he's all of a sudden doing the stanky leg. But last night he got hit with that flying knee, took a step back. Okay, okay, come on, yeah. come on, let's go. Yeah, and then he actually smiled. Yeah, because he, he got hit with. His, yeah. Okay. 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 So you can deal with it. it yeah. That gives you a lot of confidence knowing that, okay, look, I can take a shot now. Because if you look at guys like T.J. Dillashaw, right, when he cut down to 25, look, T.J.'s chin was ne- wasn't the same at 25 nope. as it was at 35. Well, anybody's – I don't care who you – and we, talk, we talked about it last night as far as weight cuts. This whole weight cutting thing has got to change. Guys have got to yeah. figure it out that it affects your ability to not only perform offensively, it absolutely affects your ability in how much you can take. Yeah. Defensively, you get hit. You will get hurt by shots that you could have walked through before. When you take all of that water out of your system, you crush your system down. Think about this, John. What sport? What sport? I don't give a shit what it is. Soccer, cross-country skiing, football, any of them. What sport takes their athlete? And depletes them to the point of almost putting them in the hospital before they compete. Wrestling. That's okay, it. Next, next though. That's next. exactly <laughs> it. It's crazy. Yeah. No, I, I understand what you're saying. I get it. I understand exactly what you're saying. It just comes down to learning how to do it the right way. Yeah. And that's and a lot of these guys, females included, don't know how to do it yet. Yeah. They haven't figured it out along the way. And they have to realize, look, for myself – is once I started feeling like I couldn't drive myself home from the sauna anymore, I'm thinking to myself, okay, this is, I got to keep my weight around that. Well, these other fighters, especially the younger ones, they're like, ah, whatever. Eat whatever I want. Do whatever I want. doesn't work that way. No. doesn't work that way. This is, this is now your profession. Treat it as if like when you wake up in the morning, I have to be at a meeting at this time. That means I have to eat this at this time. Then I train at this time. Then I eat again at this time. You have to treat it like there that. There has if to be a structure to it. Yeah. If there's not, you're going to, you could potentially ruin your career. Yeah. Look, Saul going up in weight. I, when we sat down with Georgie and Saul at the fighter meetings, <laughs> I was like, man, Georgie looks fucking huge right now. You look good. And I was like, Saul looks sucked in. I'm like, he's, he doesn't look good. I was like, he looks small. Yeah. Then I saw him with the weigh-ins. 
and face to face, I was like, oh my gosh. Saul looks way bigger than Georgie. Way bigger. Shoulders were bigger. Thickness was bigger. Chest like, wow. was bigger. Yeah. The thickness of his body. Yeah. The whole thing, you're looking, wow. The fact that you were checking him out like that is a little disturbing, but go ahead. Uh, anyways, okay. <laughs> uh, but also, great fight by Saul Rogers. Good to see him back on track. Uh, him being at 55, I'm actually excited for that because there's a lot of mix-up in that, that, that category that we need. Because it really comes down to, and you won't ever hear me say this a whole lot, but the 155-pound weight class in Bellator... It, it was lacking some some, some top level fighters. No, no doubt. You know, and so you had that. You've had Patrick. You've got Peter Quilly. You've got you know t- some of the fighters that are there, but you didn't have. It wasn't very deep. And now right. it's all going up. Georgie being there, and like now you're adding a little bit. Shabli going in. Shabli's there. Yeah. I was on a Shabli, and then Usman's there. You've got now a mixture of good fighters. That it makes for fun fights. Yep. And I can't. Now I'm starting to get like okay. Now it's piquing my interest. Yeah, Before exactly. it was always. Featherweights, 170, you know, Bantamweights. You know, Bantamweights right now is fucking insane. I'm just, I'm I'm foaming at the mouth to watch. If that, that tournament never does come about, I can't yeah. wait to watch that tournament. Um, Deanna Bennett versus Alejandro Lara. Well, now you're talking about both guys and women need to learn how to cut weight properly and do things the right way. Because that's, you got to bring this up when you're going to talk about this fight. Because Alejandro Lara made weight at 125.2. And Deanna Bennett, for the second time mm-hmm. in Bellator, missed weight. And she missed it by a bunch. Yeah, but first time she missed it by more. More, yeah. Well, but hey, okay. but she's getting closer. Oh, so she got two, two pounds closer? She's getting closer. Hey, it's, it's the I one, guess by it's next the one fight, she'll weigh about two pounds over. It's the one, <laughs> it's the one thing that you know, I've, you got to put out there and say, look, you had a fantastic performance. Yeah. But you also had an advantage. A big advantage. A big advantage, and it's just you. you this is something that cannot happen. I, t- I I used to tell fighters all the time, you know, look, you've got three responsibilities. It's simple. As a professional fighter, you got three responsibilities. First one, be on time, because every time that you are late, you're making everybody else here wait. They all feel as shitty as you. They all freaking don't want to be there. So don't be the guy that everyone looks at and goes. You're a fucking asshole. Yeah. Okay? So be on time. Next thing, make weight. If you sign a contract for that fight, you are saying, I will be there and I will be there at that weight. I am saying that to the promoter. I'm saying that to the commission. And I'm saying that to my opponent because that's what we have both agreed as a weight for us to fight at. So make weight. That's being a professional. The last thing I would say is you have a responsibility to give it your all. Fight hard. I'm not even going to tell you you have to train, even though you should, but just go out there and fight hard. Give it everything you have. That's your three responsibilities as a fighter. It's pretty simple. And if you're missing one of those, we got a problem. And you know, she, she's missing it. You know what kills me, right, is this. Bellator is okay with doing catch contracted weights. weights and catch weights. That's yeah. why I don't get. Like, If you know that you're struggling, you know you're going to always kind of struggle to make the weight at 125, just say 130. Yeah, because Coker does it all the time. If it's not for a title, he don't give a shit. Because it doesn't matter if it's it not for matter. a title. I don't care what promotion is. It does not matter what the fighters weigh as long as it's they yeah. weigh the same. Yeah. Who cares? You, yeah. Okay, so you're both sitting in a sauna. You're both trying to make 155 because right now you're both 170 pounds. Yeah. What are you going to do when you when you make weight? Get back to 170. Okay. So why are we killing ourselves in the sauna yeah. to get there when we're both there already? Yep. 
it's crazy. And, you know, this is where you look and I, and I say, it's an advantage when you don't go through that same struggle as your opponent. It can be an advantage fight because out of those three things, Deanna Bennett was on time for everything, and she fought her ass off. She yeah. gave everything she had. She met those two requirements. She just didn't meet the one of you got to make weight. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, with, with Alejandra Lara, she's she's got the talent. She's, you know, she's got everything that's marketable about her. Oh. The issue, though, is that, like, she has these type of performances. That she didn't, in her fight against Watanabe, I was like, oh, that's, she, you could tell she loves to fight. Yeah. I asked her that in the fight, I was like, I, was, I said, hey, you love this, huh? She's like, yeah, I love it. I love it. But the thing is, though, is that when she fought a careless fight against Watanabe, but she dominated the first round. Then she started slowing down the second, third round. She lost completely. Second round was kind of a little bit back and forth, but I had her still losing the second round. Yeah. But in this fight, she just tried to fight composed, controlled, and it worked against her. Yeah, it did. When you love to fight, just keep doing it the way you do it and just but make little tweaks here and there. With with the situation with Watanabe, she got to top position or she got to dominant positions and she kept trying to do more. No, no, no. Slow, slow it down, down then. Okay, when you're in a dominant position, slow it down. And then when you're not in a dom- dominant position, that's when you explode, get out, do those type of things. She hasn't quite figured that out. And a lot of her fights have been in the Bellator cage. And so she's learning on the fly like yep. Christian Edwards is. And so uh, Grant Neal, same thing. They're learning on the fly in the cage, in a big promotion, with underneath the bright lights. It's, it's a lot more pressure to put on a young, sure talented fighter like that. But... Um, the biggest thing is with Deanna Bennett, she's got to make weight. If she doesn't make weight the next time. I mean, the last fight, she was off by six pounds or six and a half. This fight, she was off by four, four and a half. She needs to make weight the next fight. If she doesn't make weight, like she literally is not a flyweight then. No. She's a no, bantamweight. She's a bantamweight. Yeah. So if you if you don't make weight, you can't say you fight in that weight class because you're not in that weight class. You're not in that weight class. Yeah. As soon as you go above that number, you're in the opposite weight class. Doesn't mean doesn't mean that you're not at the limit for it. You're in that weight class. Yeah. But you got to give it up for Deanna as far as, let's be honest, she fought a beautiful fight. She proved that, you know what, she can be on her feet. She can do yeah. good work. She she used a jab really well. And she had a wonderful story about, you know, the significance of what this fight meant to her being at the SAP Center because that was the place mm-hmm. when she was a, a young girl. Her dad used to work as a San Jose police officer. Used to actually be there for your fights. That's how old you are. Yes, I am. Okay, I wasn't there at that time. I wasn't in the sport at that time. I was too young. <laughs> <laughs> but oh. you know, he would come home and talk to her about those fights and stuff. And it was the place that she, you know, she felt was special between her and her dad. And her dad passed away, and so it was a it was a big moment for her. And it was, it's a great thing. And I loved what she said in her post fight interview and how happy she was. And you know. This is the kind of fight that can set you off in the right direction for yeah. your career. Just, damn it, Deanna, make weight. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Um, but Neiman Gracie looked good. Javier Camaro has done a great job with him. And I said in the when we were talking about the fight afterwards, I said, look, he is somebody who has the talent, the ability. I think he's the best Gracie that's ever fought in terms of skill level. All well-rounded. All well-rounded. I'm not saying he's the best jiu-jitsu yeah, I'm, Gracie. I'm, I'm going to get killed for making that statement. Because people are going to go, oh, and they're going to talk about Hickson and things like that. Look, I'm telling you right now, if Hickson and and Naaman were in a jiu-jitsu match it, at their peak, it wouldn't be close. Hickson would mop the floor with them. 
But Hickson never had good stand-up, okay? <laughs> and as an MMA fighter, he didn't have real good wrestling either, Yeah. okay? And I love him, but if you're going to take a look at the Gracie, you know, let's look at Henzo. Henzo was a fighter. Yeah. Okay, Henzo would fight anybody, anywhere. I love him for it. But he didn't have a good style of stand-up. He was really open a lot. He made a lot of mistakes, you know, and he would, you know, throw big shots and stuff trying to hurt his opponent. But he wasn't a fluid technical striker. He yeah. was great when the fight hit the ground. On the feet, he was bouncing in and out. And okay, but just not that technically good compared to Naaman. Naaman now is technically good. He technically understands distance. He understands how to throw something the right way, moving his hips in the right position so power becomes part of the shot. He understands about not crushing space when all of a sudden he's got an advantage. Yeah. All these things are the things that you look at and you go, dude, you're doing this right. Yeah. Some of the best boxers in the world, they rock someone and they get over anxious. Yeah, and they, they crush. smother themselves. Yeah. They, like you said, crush the space. Then their hard shots don't land. They, they Everything is loopy. It, he did a great job of hitting the combination or landing the shot and then backing away to create space so he could go ahead and touch you more. Most fighters would have jumped in, smothered, probably would have shot on a takedown. He, well, he did. Yeah. If you think about it, he hit that. I want you to think about it. He hit that uppercut. It landed yeah. so good. First, it was the elbow, which was a beautiful elbow that he threw. Yeah. But then he lands that uppercut, and he goes blip into a takedown. He starts to drop levels and goes into him, and it's like a light bulb goes off, yeah. and his head is like, what am I doing? And he yeah. backs off and then starts coming after him and keeping that space. And you go... Ooh, look yeah. at you, man. Yeah. You know, and those are the moments you're looking saying, ah, different fighter, man. You're thinking you don't you don't need that takedown right now. You've got him hurt. You can finish this fight right now on the feet in this fashion. That's what he did. Where does he go from here? I thought his call outs are the best. I thought they're exactly the right ones. I thought everything that he said when he said, look, I want the Jason Jackson fight back. Yeah. I, I don't think I lost that fight. It was a weird fight. And it we was. both Extremely we both agree strange. it was strange. And I think that that's a fight that I should be able to get back. I want I want Jason Jackson again. Not saying that I don't believe that Jason Jackson is a good fighter. I I know he is, but that's a fight I want back. I want MVP. You look style wise. Of course, he wants MVP because yeah. he's looking saying, "Man, look, I I can be comfortable on my feet, but if I get you to the ground, yeah. guess what? You know this fight's going to be mine." So I can understand that. And then the last one he calls out. Is the champ, and you got to call it, especially if you're in his position. Yeah. You're in the top five. If you are not asking, if you're not begging, if you're not saying, this is the fight I want, I want Yaroslav Amazov, he's the champ, you're crazy. Why are you here? Yeah, I think what you do as a fighter, right, is you, you stylistically pick the fights that you think you match up well with. And I think with Yaroslav Amosov, I think he matches up very well with him. One of the toughest matches, yes. matchups as far as styles and the abilities for Amosov to actually compete yeah. against. Yeah. But I want to go back, though. There was a fight with when it was Rory and Neyman. Rory was able to take him down, control the top position, do those type of things. Yaroslav Amosov, to me, is another level of that. So if he, he needs to really work on his bottom game and not just getting up, but also his attacks in the transition of the takedown to the attacks with the submissions. Because, sure, stylistically, I think it, it does make for a fun fight in my mind. But when I actually play it out, though, in terms oh, no. of seeing the fight, I agree. it's a really hard fight for Naaman Gracie. Absolutely. Yeah. Look, Amazon, 
people can sit there and say what they want. There's a reason why he is got the best record in MMA. It's not because he's fought scrubs. It's because he's that good. You talk to the guys that train with him. Talk to the people that are the coaches at ATT where he now trains. They all tell you, dude. He's good. That dude is just a fucking monster. Yep. He, he's that guy. But you look at the guys that he trains with, right? They're all undefeated. And they're all and, 185s. Yeah, and they're all 185. They're all weight, weight class above. They're like, he's good. He's right. good all the way around. And so, um, yeah, he's it just makes for a fun fight. I think naming and him would be a great fight, but he's got to get back up to the title shot. Yeah. That's the biggest problem. So, yep. uh, Phil Davis and Yoel Romero. All right, well, summer is over and fall is here now. The temperature is dropping down. That means that pumpkin spice lattes and a fresh set of balls are what you need. (laughs) Our friends at Manscaped are always looking out for you when it comes to keeping yourself fresh below that belt line. Their new Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 is here, and it has something for everyone. Look, let's do the talking points right now about Manscaped. Let's okay? do it. Their four-generation performance package is all an all-in-one deal that provides you with the new lawnmower. I need that lawnmower, by the way. 4.0, because I got to clean that down there, down below, <laughs> that below the belt. I don't want to know what you're a doing. A trimmer with cutting-edge advanced skin-safe technology that allows for a smooth groom and no cuts. No cuts is important. The Weed Whacker. That I like to call, that I like to buy, that I the one that I'm using. For all you out there with the rogue hair coming out of your ears, Big John, because oh, you, you are older. You get to fucking 70 years the, old, trust me. It's, it grows out of the nose and the ears. It grows it's, out of your eyeballs. Stops. And nostrils. See, you like the nostril area. Ah, uh, the crop preserver, a premium ball deodorant, leaving your ball smooth and perfect. And the crop reviver toner, which is applied last after you shave your balls safely with the no cut no trim type situation what do you think john i think I, you have been putting this stuff on your balls probably way too much <laughs> yes i have but the offer if you want to get your hands on the manscape performance package 4.0 go to manstate.com right now use the promo code weighing in for 20 percent off plus free shipping you don't have to pay the ups fedex any of that they will send it to you for free. Make your balls a priority this fall. Choose Manscape, and I promise you, your balls will thank you, and they will dance in place. He said it. Manscaped.com. Use the promo code WAYNEIN for 20% off and free shipping. Manscaped.com. Use the promo code WAYNEIN with 20% off of and free shipping. <sighs> okay, let, let's let's go off, off of the one thing here. I do believe, and I was going to say it in the fighter meeting, and I thought, ah, stupid, don't say it. Because I was, you know, we were talking to Yoel, and I'm like, you know, I was going to say, what, is it, what does it feel like now that you're going to be doing a three round fight instead of a five round ah. fight? And I didn't do it because it's like, ah, it doesn't matter. You know, he knows. Mm-hmm. I do believe, and, and it, is it his fault? Yes, but it's his people, it's his coach's fault, it's his manager's fault. I do believe that Yoel thought that was a five-round fight because it's just ingrained in him yeah. that he's a main event and he's been with the UFC. And if you're a main event in the UFC, be it a title fight or not, it is a five-round fight. He was shocked when the fight was over. He was shocked. He was like, what are you... You know, he's going two more rounds. It's like, oh, no. Mm. And so now, do I think that would have changed anything? I'm not saying it would have. Yeah. 
I thought Phil actually performed really well, did the things that we, you know, would like to see him do, especially in the third round. And we talked about, you know, and this is where I, you know, I tried to put it out there that, yeah, if you're going to look at credentials, there's no one that matches up credentials-wise with you know, Yoel in the wrestling department yeah. as far as in the light heavyweight division. No one does. But there's a difference between international freestyle wrestling and what is done there and Division One collegiate folk style wrestling mm-hmm. as far as you get used to the, the, the takedown game in the international. It's all about the takedown and it's all about the turn. That's really what we're looking at. You don't get into a lot of the different things. You'll get into, you know, some some, you know, top rides a little bit, but they really stall out and they stand them back yeah. up. That's not what happens with what Phil was used to. And the one thing that we've seen out of Phil is he is very good in the top position. Yeah. He is a heavy ride. He's got, you know, super heavy hips. He knows where to put his body. He knows where to grab to hold someone down. And he allowed at times, you know, he didn't fight when Yoel was getting to his feet. He let it happen and just put his hands in the right place to boop. I'm going to take you back down again. And, you know, this is where George St. Pierre never wrestled a day in his life as far as competition in high school or in junior high or YMCA like we started out. Never did that. And he was one of the best MMA wrestlers there was based upon timing and when he would shoot and how he would go for the takedown. That's what matters because in MMA, you're going to put yourself out of position by throwing strikes. Yeah, It's not a wrestling match. And I thought Phil did a fantastic job in the third round. He deserved the win. I, I feel bad that Yoel didn't know. Again, I put that more on his people than him, but he should have known. You know how it's, it's right there in the contract. It's yeah. telling you what it is. You're signing it. But I, yeah. do, I do believe that he thought it was a five-round fight. Yeah, but still, regardless, like, I mean – you need to make sure your output is there, and he's yep. had tr- he's had trouble with his output for the longest time. Well, and that's what we you know we, when we talked, we th- we were saying at two hundred five, and with three rounds, I'm hoping that his first round because it is he's notorious for being slow in the yeah. first round and giving it away. But Phil is a guy that many times we say gives away the first. He round. almost gave it away though this time. Too. Oh, absolutely! They both did by what non-activity. They yeah. very very low volume as far as what they were putting out, but again. Yoel created the situation where he actually had less, you know, output than his opponent. And you look and you go, what is wrong? In, in the third round, he started coming after yeah. him. He started pressing, and that actually gave Phil the opportunity to get the takedown. But that's the Yoel Romero that you want to see. Man, he's still, when he explodes, fast. holy shit, at 44, mm-hmm. I mean, you look and you go, God damn, he's fast. Almost as good as you at 70, yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm glad you noticed. Yes, yes. But I'm I'm serious. When when he exploded at times, it's like, God damn, he's fast. Well, look, we've said this for the longest time. We we actually rode Phil this at the fighter meeting this week. I'm like, hey, yeah, if we did. You just wrestle. I mean, Phil. I guess I had to. We I got right in him, and I was like, hey, this is the issue. If you wrestle, and I'm not saying you have to get every takedown. No, I'm just saying you're so talented, whether it's the submissions, whether it's the stand up, whether it's your kicks, your boxing, your boxing, whatever it is. But if you add the wrestling and make people think about it, you're, everything else can open up. Yeah, because then they have it. to they they know that, oh, my God, he's yeah. thinking about it. So I have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. You know, it was funny. I, how many times have we had Phil Davis in there? And the first time I say, tell me you're going to wrestle. Yes. 
you know, and and over and over, and he goes, "Yes, John, we're gonna wrestle." Yeah, and he doesn't do it. Yeah. The, the the funny part in this one was he actually listened to you. He he got to the point. He goes, "Josh, you want to come down?" And he goes, "Why don't you come move to San Diego? You can be my coach." You know? <laughs> no thanks, man. No thanks. But he, fighters are prima donnas. I don't want to do that's that it. shit. He's not, man. He's a good he's guy. A good guy. He's, he's a such guy. a good person, and I love what he said about his family at the end. Yeah. You know, bringing his mom and stuff in there, and you know, God bless Miss Davis. I hope you're you're healthy and doing well. But I thought he had a, a that's the kind of performance you want to see out of Phil. Yeah. Slow in the beginning, he he still needs. He's got that the Benson Henderson f- effect. Yeah, that first round being slow, just not just kind of giving it away. You yeah. can't do that. He won this one, but it was only because his opponent gave even less. Yeah, yeah. he needs to figure it out. Like I think once he figures out and he just starts building the confidence on his wrestling, I think he'll be a different fighter. Yeah, you know, um, he's one of those guys. Like he, I, when I said when I watched him shoot his first takedown, it was almost like he he didn't he didn't understand. I'm on the legs. What the fuck? <laughs> it was it, 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 it threw him off that he yeah. was able to get that deep, and then he stopped for a second. Yeah, he stopped and Yoel, and Yoel just, just whoop. Yeah, Yoel just threw him yeah, off. Yeah. But then his second shot, his third shot, there was all just confidence. Like I can get in. Oh yeah. Holy shit, he's still here. Yeah. And when that happened, it was like okay, takedown city. Yeah. yeah. So, but overall, good performance by him, Yoel. Look, maybe maybe you believe the whole three round thing, whatever five round things. Sure, shocked, whatever it was. I do. I kind of believe it a little bit, but no, come on, I don't believe it. No, I don't believe. <laughs> yes. It. Anyways, but overall, good night of fights. Yeah, really. Yeah, overall, good night. good night of fights for Bellator. Happy um, for a lot of the fighters. Did a great job, but uh, yeah, good stuff, man. Good stuff. I had fun. I had fun. Nice to be back in San Jose. Here we are in the studio. This is great. You should just move here. <laughs> oh, is that what I should do? Yeah, yeah. We have Wi-Fi here, by the way. Yeah. Guess what, dude? Yeah. <laughs> One place I'm not coming back to. I lived here long enough. <laughs> uh, all right, podcast day. What you got for us? Some news, right? All right. First. We're actually going to get into weighing in on the odds for Volkanovski versus Brian Ortega. Okay, mybookie.ag, use the promo code WAYINEIN, and they'll give you a little extra spending cash for these type of fights. Also, the Volkanovski and Brian Ortega fight, great fight. Great, great fight. fight, but I'm, I'm stylistically. This is a very interesting fight. But what I'm going to say right now may shock people. When I was on the fight campaign with Brian Ortega, and I was like, "Hey, bro, he, I know he's good on the ground and all these things, but I also I'm tired. You're tired of going against. I can't go against Volk, Volk man. I can't go against <laughs> Volk, man. I like Brian. I think he's I think he's a phenomenal fighter. But until someone beats him, I gotta just keep my mouth shut because he keeps proving me wrong. <laughs> it's the Us, he's got that Usman effect. I keep saying, "Oh no, so and so could beat him." Boom, the Usman beats him. This guy, same shit, same yeah. shit. He's he's good. He's talented. He's got great cardio. He's got good wrestling. He's a, he's a he's built like a brick shit house. He's just dog dirty tough. Yeah, he's dog dirty tough. I mean, and he's got no neck to submit. You know, so when it comes <laughs> oh, down to oh yes, he does. He does. <laughs> but we're gonna see. Look, Brian's tall, long, lanky. All the things that you need to be a, a top level tall, long, lanky. Is that what you said? Yeah, and oh. I've said that before. Have you? I think, yeah. So tall, long, lanky. But his jujitsu game is phenomenal. But he's fallen in love with his stand up. Yeah. Okay. Um, he's gotten away from the submissions a little bit. But it doesn't mean he's doesn't mean he's still not good. He's great in the submission game, but I think if he's going to get this win, he's going to have to get to the ground. And I think Volk may put it there because he doesn't want to deal with the reach and the you know and and the one thing with Brian. Brian's got a good chin. He's a dog. He there's no quitting him. We saw that with the Max fight, and he's got power in his hands. He's he's getting better every single time he fights on the feet. 
on the ground, people were afraid to get to the ground with him because he's good and nasty on the ground. Yeah. And that body style sets up the darts, the anaconda, the Japanese necktie, all the submissions, the guillotines, all of those things play right into Brian's favor. But can he deal with Volk, who's got no neck? He's very small, short, stocky, all these things. T Rex right? arms, yeah, T Rex arms. Yeah, yep. it, they're they're hard. They're hard to submit people like sure that. Sure, so. yeah, absolutely. But it like when when Volk first fought Max, I had picked Volk to win the fight mm -hmm. based upon the style of fighter that he was compared to what Max is. Because Dave pulled the tape. I don't believe that shit. <laughs> Go <I> ahead. <laughs> now I picked Max in the second one based yeah. upon I think he's going to learn something from this. But it's a matter of styles do make fights. And when you look at the style matchup of this fight, look at Max Max Holloway ate Brian Ortega up. Yeah. That doesn't mean that Volkanovski is going to eat him up in the same fashion. Yeah. They're different fighters. They approach things in a different way, and their strengths are different. Volkanovski lives off of the fact that I will take you down because he, he actually has pretty decent wrestling. It's not world-class, but... No. He's so strong and he is quick that he gets in on guys and he just muscles them down. Even if he doesn't get a technically good takedown, he's able to physically get yeah. them down based upon strength. He does have power in his hands. He's got way more power than Max Holloway. He's got more power than I think just about anybody that Brian Ortega has faced. He's going to have the heaviest shot. So power-wise, Volkanovski's got the power. He's got more power than Ortega. Stand-up-wise, you look at it, he's not technically difficult mm -hmm. to fight against when you're watching him. It's that his power creates that, oop, I'm not going to take, take that opportunity right now. Let me wait. Let me look for a better opening. And guys start to slow their production down as far as being offensive with him. I think the fact that Ortega has a true belief in his ground He's going to force situations that Volkanovski eventually is going to shoot, and he will yeah. take him down. Yeah. And when he takes him down, he's going to be in danger. Yeah. You're not going to see Brian Ortega guarding up and just holding on. No. That is not what's going to happen. The only time you would see Brian do that is if he got hurt. If he got hurt in the, in the, in the fight and he had to slow it down, you're going to see that. Brian's going to attack him, and he's going to attack him with a lot of different things You know that you're very good at. The reversals and being able to turn yeah. things. Brian's umaplatas are slick. They are quick. They are fast. And all of a sudden, you've got a guy locking your shoulder up and you cannot move the position. That's going to be the problem. So as soon as that happens, and we'll say Volkanovski gets out, now Volkanovski is going to do what? He's going to stop going for that takedown. Yeah. And now that he stops going for the takedown, he just limited his offensive output and the fight's going to change. In this fight... I'm going to say that I'm going to go with Brian Ortega based on the fact that he's the underdog. I think it's an even fight. I'm, it is. Obviously, either guy can win the fight. But at the minus, odds are saying that as well, by the way. Well, in a close, minus 150 yeah. for Volkanovski and plus 120. I'm going to take the plus 120 on Brian Ortega. John, I would... I, you, I, you don't want to go against Volk? I understand that. Yeah. Don't. Bottom line is this: is it's too close of a fight for me to really want to put a bet on it. But I'm gonna do it because because my bookie gives me free money to do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I th no see, like pulling out once, great big deal. <laughs> it's like, uh, when it comes down to it, though, I look at it. Oh wow, where this big money? Go? Boom, baby, let's go. Boom, boom. I don't have any money. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I'm smart when it comes to things yeah, like that. But the over-under is over is minus what? What is that? 130? Sorry, my eyes are really bad. Oh, uh, the over-under on as far as it's four and a half. Four and a half. But you're looking at it's minus 130 to be in the over. Okay, meaning it's going to go to a decision, basically, is I don't what think you're so. saying, at minus 130. Under being it's plus 100, you know, right? That You're looking at even saying that, oh, it can end before. If I was going to take a bet, I would say it's going to end before. So I, I think it's going to end before, but if it does end before, it's going to go Brian. Hello? But if it goes the distance, it's going to be, it's going to be Volk. Okay, yeah. I agree with you. That's where we're at right now. So. I agree with you yeah. on that. It's going to be a good fight, though. It is. It's, it's going to be a great fight. I'm pumped for it. I'm pumped, to be honest. That's one that you look and you go, when you get a fight that, man, either guy can win and both have their, their unique ways of being able to win the fight, that's what makes it special. You have Lauren Murphy and Shevchenko. Let me ask you this. Do you yeah. just put 100 bucks down? <laughs> just to see. You know what? Plus, eight, plus 810 for Lauren Murphy. Just 100 yeah. bucks. Like, even, even 50 bucks. Yeah. Just 50, like, yeah I would do it. See, see, that's kind of, I'll do 20 bucks. Yeah, yeah. I put 20 bucks see. on it because it's like, I don't, okay, I'm going to lose 20 bucks. If I, I love Lauren Murphy. She is an awesome person. She's a really tough fighter. She, she came, she started as a jujitsu stylist. Mm-hmm. Has really turned more into liking to, to fight in the stand up. Man, she doesn't want to fight in the stand up against mm. the bullet. That is a bad choice. So I, I just look at this and look, I, I've said it before. I believe Valentina, as a fighter, has got the best skill set of any woman fighter out there right now. Yeah. I don't see anyone that has a better complete skill set. Amanda's got good stand up. She does. Uh, she's got a good ground game. She's, you know, fantastic fighter. She's just not quite as dynamic in a lot of her movements as Valentina. She she matches up with her there. Obviously, they've had the two fights. They've been close fights. But Valentina is a lot smaller yeah. than Amanda. So Valentina is just man at one twenty five. I just let's just be honest. She's in that next level yeah. compared to everyone else. Not that she can't be beat. She can have a bad fight. She can have a bad night. She can make a bad mistake and get caught. I just don't see it happening. Yeah. I am going to score Josh here because we do this on the midweek show. We do the rest of the cards. So, Josh, you should not have gone this far. (laughs) You you shut your mouth. (laughs) But but this is one of those things. Like, it's such, the, the odds are so. Oh, huge! Big difference. Like, do you put twenty bucks in? Like, that's the thing. The one, the one thing I definitely don't do is put. You know, you know, minus twelve forty with. Yeah, I I don't don't put twelve hundred forty dollars down to win a hundred. But see, that's the thing, though, is that when you look at that, it reminds me of a little bit of that. Like when you start seeing odds like that, it reminds me of the GSP Matt Sarah type situation. Yeah. Whoever was able to bet on that fight, right? Yeah. Took home a killing. Oh yeah. Just just murdered it. Yeah. I retired. But see, <laughs> what you have to do is you have to be honest and look. Is everyone the guy or, or girl that put money on that type of fight mm-hmm. and wins just tells everyone, "Oh, I won on that yeah. night." But they probably lost a bunch of other times. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do it all the time. They lose, 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 lose. Yeah, and then they finally get the one win. Yeah, yeah. They won basically a small percentage back of what they normally yeah. lost. Yeah. All right. What else you got for us, Dave? All right. Let's hop into some news now, and we're going to talk Please. about. Anthony Johnson oh, is out of the Bellator Grand Prix. 
All right, everyone. Hey, we're going to talk about one of my favorite sponsors, MyBookie.ag, and you use the promo code WAYNEIN. Also, NFL is back in action, and so is winning season with MyBookie.ag and with the promo code WAYNEIN. That's the only way that you win is by using the promo code WAYNEIN. So MyBookie.ag, use the promo code WAYNEIN. With over $500,000 in contest prize money, winning season makes the biggest and the best games better and victorious even in the sweeter and sweeter sense. Sweeter and sweeter sense. Well, head to mybookie.ag and choose from a variety of booths, contests, and promotions up for grabs, highlighted by the crown jewel of winning season, the famed MyBookie Super Contest. It only costs $10 to enter. Pick five games against the spread each week. Each win earns you a point, and each point, Get you closer to that grand prize. If you missed out on week one, don't even sweat it because entries are still open and all it takes is one solid week to get you back on the track of the winning track and back in the mix. Don't just take my word for it. Join now and start your winning season with mybookie.ag with the promo code WAYNEIN today. Well, in order to get you started for this, make your first deposit at mybookie.ag and use the promo code weighing in to instantly receive double, double your deposit. That's double your did money. You, did you say double? I said double. That Got means it. twice as much, Josh. That means if you put in a hundred, you're getting. I don't know. You are a mass specialist. <laughs> Two hundred. Come on, baby. <laughs> My God, you'll double your winnings with your first ever deposit using that promo code of weighing in. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere. With my bookie, mybookie.ag promo code Wayne in. That's the only time they should be betting by using that promo code. By the way, this is true. I'll let you know. Okay, good hey, point. Anytime, anywhere with mybookie.ag. Use the promo code Wayne in. Ah, feel free to chime in anytime you want. <laughs> Look, I said it on the on the broadcast last night. AJ is one of my closest friends. Um, the very after the first day he went into the hospital, he had hit me up, sent me a text, you know, sent me pictures, all this other stuff. Obviously, for for weeks now, I've been holding on to this news and just didn't want to say anything. But it's his it's his personal life, his own. He's going through a lot of stuff right now. Uh, it's very serious. But as long as he's healthy and he is able to, I don't care if he ever fights again. Doesn't I want matter. him to be healthy. That's it. That's right. I want him to. I want to make sure that he lives. That's and when we're having this conversation, that's how serious this is. There's a like he said, I'm not afraid of a lot of things. He's like, but this is the first time, one of the first times in my life I've been afraid, and it's important. People need to understand that this is important. That his health is important, not just to him, but to a lot of people that are fans of his and his friends, his family, all of those things. And he's he's a good person and. It, it was disturbing for me to have these conversations with him. It was upsetting to me to, to go through some of the emotions. Um, you know, I, as I was saying things last night, I realized I like started to tear up and I was like, okay, get me off air. Like this was this situation where I was like, just, I wanted to get off. Cause it hits home, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah it does. It hits home because we're, you know, he's younger than me and I'm thinking to myself, you know, these type of things should not be happening to someone who's young healthy just an athlete I, you wouldn't think and it just you know so as long as he's coming around and it seems like he is and i've talked to him recently he's he he is fighting but uh it's it's, it's a lot it's a lot for me to deal with first off the, the the main thing that needs to be said this 
fighting means nothing in this. No. Okay, and this was not done by something that had to do with fighting. Uh, you know, this is Anthony's own personal thing, and we're not going to put out anything as far as yeah. you know, what he's going through. But his life is in a position where everything can change for him, mm-hmm. all the way to the point where he could lose his life. And this is incredibly serious, and, and I feel really bad for Anthony. He's a great guy. Health is everything. Yeah. And I, I say it all the time. Look at the, One of the most valuable things is time. And people put no value on it. They don't understand how valuable it is because it's something that you can never get back. It doesn't matter how much money you have. You can be the richest person in the world. You cannot buy back time. And so time right now is so important as far as Anthony and just getting himself better, taking you know all the time he needs mm-hmm. to get himself healthy if he never comes back to fighting again. And his last fight was his first fight in Bellator. Mm-hmm. So what? Doesn't matter. This is, the Bellator light, you know, heavyweight Grand Prix. So what? Yeah. You know, so you, so you're not going to you know fight for the title against Nemkov. So what? Get yourself healthy. Take care of you know you. Be in that position where you are good. And if the fighting comes back, great. If it doesn't, so what? You've done everything that you needed to do in this sport. And I only wish you the best, brother. I'm sorry that you're having problems. Yeah, he's made a lot of money throughout his career. So sure. He's, financially, he's doing okay. That's not the issue. It's just making sure that he's healthy. Yeah. That's really what it comes down to. Dave, what else you got? Next story, Anderson Silva versus Floyd Mayweather is the fight to make, according to his coach, Luis Doria. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, wait, why, what is it with the big guys picking out small guys? What I'm I'm getting to the point. And it's not Anderson. This is his coach, so it's I, I don't blame Anderson yeah. at all. But this is the Jake Paul route. Yeah. This is let me be a 215 pound guy. Call out the 170. Well, let's be honest. Anderson is a 200 and walk around 210 pound guy, and uh, he's calling out a guy walking around at 150 pounds. Yeah, come on. So and, and it's not Anderson doing it. It's his coach doing it. Okay. Look, because his coach wants the money. <laughs> I want to make my percentage. Well, he saw what Logan yeah. made with uh, his thing and yeah. stuff. And this That's one that I don't think you would see Floyd take. No, absolutely not. Floyd would sit there and go, no. no. He's, he has, you know, first off, too much size and too much skill combined against my size. That's not something that Floyd's going to do. I, I don't often agree with Dana White. <laughs> the fight to make is Jake Paul and Anderson Silva. And if you don't want to make the Jake Paul Anderson Silva fight, then I don't really want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Jake Paul should be fighting Anderson Silva. Finally, somebody in his weight class, somebody, finally, someone who has. Oh, someone of his age? Someone of. No. But someone <laughs> in his weight class, though. Yeah, at least. And he's not even in his weight class. But, but Anderson's probably a little bit bigger. He's taller. Yeah, he's taller. I think he's probably weighs a little bit more. No. Jake is the smaller Jake, of Logan. Logan's Jake, the bigger guy. Jake walks around around 215. Ah, uh, you sure? Yeah. Okay, okay. I thought Logan walked around 215. No. I thought Jake was J- 195. Jake, Logan walks around around 225. Okay, okay. You're right, he is bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, look, that that's look as a coach, he just wants to get paid. So I'm not going to pay any attention to that. But And, and Floyd's not going to take that fight. We saw no. how Floyd looked against Logan. And yeah, it's over. Yeah, it's over. It's over. And that's good. I think he needs to walk away and leave it alone. And it, 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 money. And it actually, that taught Floyd of size is a bitch. It, I, it, I can't deal with a big, heavy guy. Not now you that know? I'm getting older. Yeah. 
Next. All right. Uh, Joe Benavides retires from MMA. Congratulations to yep. Joe. Joe has had an unbelievable career. He never got to the pinnacle that he wanted to achieve in becoming that UFC champion, but everything that he did in his career, you know, he was always very successful. He put on exciting fights. He had some great moments. You know, he did fight for the title multiple times. He was not able to attain that. But you take a look at what he accomplished in his career. You can't ask for having a much better career. He had a you know yeah. fantastic uh, you know run for a while. He beat the very best guys there was. You know, he beat like Henry Cejudo. He yeah. lost to DJ. You know, in a close fight. You know, he got knocked out by DJ in another one. But you know, I mean, there's nothing left for him to prove. No. He's probably not going to be able to fight for the title ever again. No. And if that title's not there, what's the point? No, I agree. I, I think it was a good time for him to check out. And uh, he's someone that he understood the situation. He's like, look, if I can't be champion, I'm out of here. Yeah. And I agree. I agree. Look, I want to just simply say, Joe, you had a great career. I love watching you fight. And uh, obviously, I'm sad to see you go. But I thought. But I'm I happy to see also, you go. I'm also happy to see you go. Yeah. So, uh, Another person that retired was Carlos Condit. <sighs> Another situation where he still had, a, I feel like Carlos still had a lot left in the tank, but very smart to retire because he was also another guy. He could have fought more, but I don't think he was going to be champion. So what is he doing it for? Yeah. The money? Like, sure, I get it. But when you have someone like himself, right? He was, he was the interim champion. He had fought, you know, he, had, he fought GSP. He's fought everybody. He's fought yeah, GSP. He fought GSP for the title. He fought Robbie Lawler for the title. Yeah, so he's been there, done that. Like, when you get to that level, you're just kind of like, okay, what am I still doing if I'm not going to be champion? Why? But he still had those other fights, the Matt Brown fight. He had fights like that still left in the tank. But money wasn't as important to him, I think. Um, not, that, not that money was important to Joe either. But it just comes down to, like, they realize it's just not, it's not me anymore. And they stepped away. You know, I'm going to say that I used to say that, you know, everyone talks about MMA guys and, uh, mm -hmm. oh, they're so mean. No, they're not. Yeah. Most of it is an act. But, you know, are they, you know, good at what they do? Yes. You know, are they effective at hurting other people? Yes. yes. Carlos Conant was one of those guys, though, when he was young, mm -hmm. he was mean. Yeah. He was that guy. He was Josh. Josh Barnett was another one that I would say, look, he's got a mean streak in him. Mm -hmm. When he's fighting, he wants to really hurt you. Mm -hmm. And Car you know, Carlos came up, you know, no one really knew who he was until he fought in Hawaii. Yeah. And he fought, it was, a, I want to say, Icon. It was the, they had a tournament. In fact, I think Anderson Silva was part of the. Whole thing there, Frank Trigg. I think was, it was the icon. There. I thought that was Rumble on the Rock. Was that Rumble? On, it might have been Rumble on the Rock. Might have been Rumble on the Rock. Yeah. I'm sorry, so I could I definitely could be uh, wrong as far as the name, but you know they had the a tournament. Yeah, Jake Shields, yeah. Uh, Anderson Silva, uh, Yushinokami, yep. Carlos Condit. Yeah. yeah, and that was, was, was where Frank Trigg in it. I believe he was. I think he was. Yeah, you know, and that was where I saw him, and I went, "Dude, that kid can fight." Yeah. That kid's good. And then he came to the WEC, yeah. and that's when I first refereed him, and I went, oh, shit, this dude's mean. He enjoys this. Yes, he man. likes dishing out punishment. Yep. He had a whole different mindset than a lot of guys, and he was good. And he was good everywhere. He had a very awkward stand-up style as far as the way he would throw things, but he would land. He was effective, and his ground game was way better than people gave him credit for. Oh, his ground game was phenomenal. Yeah, he was good. You know, The only guy I ever saw dominate him on the ground was Damian Maya. Yeah. You know, and that shit can happen. Well, Kyle Terra. Oh. Because <laughs> he brought Kyle <laughs> into training. It was one of the talk conversations that he said, like, 
for a guy who's so small, I've never trained with someone who was this good. Yeah. And just Kyle, just he's like all over me, just couldn't get him off. Yeah. So Kyle lives in the Bay Area here, so I'd like to give Kyle a little bit of his credit. There you go. Yeah. Um. What else, Dave? All right. Last piece of news is around Dan Hooker, and he has a fight on this upcoming UFC two sixty six two sixty six card. Um. However, he was facing um, visa issues. You know, put something out on Twitter. Uh, got a response, and now um, it's looking good for him. Um, he said, if all goes well, I'll get my passport, I can jump back in. Um, but he leaves Thursday from New Zealand, arrives in Vegas Thursday night, weighs in on Friday and fights Saturday. So I imagine he from New Zealand, you know, they're about 16, 20 hours ahead. He flies across Pacific. By the time the sun gets to Vegas, he's at the same time landing. Um, so quite quite a hefty... Quite a hefty Not an ahead. easy thing to deal with because you do gain fucking water weight from mm-hmm. long flights and having problems. And he cuts a lot of weight. Yes, he does. He's, he's, he's big. big and tall. Uh, all I can say, it's a hard, hard situation for him. You know, he's got a lot to deal with. It's not an easy situation for his opponent either. Yeah, hey, am I fighting? Am I not? Uh, yeah, exactly. No, yeah. And then the UFC themselves, are they going to have someone on standby if he doesn't make it yeah. on the visa? Yeah. You know, the other thing as well is, look, right now with what's going on internationally as well as uh, domestically, the flights, the, all the flights are being canceled left Whoa. and right. And then not only are they canceled, they're delayed, all these other things. So he's saying he's going to take off and land that night. He may not land till the next day. Yeah. And what happens if you come the next day and you got to make weight and you're not able to make weight because you're retaining water from the flight. So he's going to have a hard time. But it's a rough one. He he's a dog. Hopefully he gets it done. Hopefully everything works out for him. I love watching him fight, man. So hopefully it all works out. Yeah. Um. What else, Dave? And that's gonna wrap us up for the this show. We'll be back uh, on Wednesday okay. for the midweek. Okay. So look, there's a couple things. There's there's one thing specifically I wanted to bring attention to. Um. I did an interview with Helen. What's her last name? Yee. Yee. Okay. I did an interview with her. I talked about the Nick Diaz video that we had seen it was a private video that i should i shouldn't have talked about but it was a video that i saw personally and you're not going to find it online guys and i, I saw a bunch of people like, what video is he talking about i don't see anything josh talking shit look john and i saw the video okay and i'm not going to sit here and tell you what it's about because it's not my place and i shouldn't have never brought it up i, I put my foot in my mouth it's a private situation and i've i've, I've dropped the ball and i fucked up but I do hope that Nick is okay. I do hope that Nick does fight. Um, I can't timestamp. We can't timestamp the video. No idea. Yeah, but he was training with someone who's a southpaw, and you know, and so, and that's why I thought it was for this fight. Yeah. And I'm gonna leave it at that. There's there's no video footage out there. It's a private video, and I put my foot in my mouth, and I'm not gonna go any further than that. I fucked up. I shouldn't have. And I'm not trying to be other reporters that like to drop <laughs> shit. Okay, and and do things, and and I'm gonna put. I, like I said, I I fucked up. I should have never have said it, and I do hope that he does fight. I can't wait to watch him fight. I'm a huge fan of him. Um, I want nothing but the best for him. And I, when I talk about him and Lawler, like that's one of the very first fights in my life that I was pumped and amped to watch when they when they fought the first time. And I'm the same way now for this fight. So I do hope to see them fight next week. Oh, me too. That's a, I just hope that both guys go in. Yep. They're both healthy going in and have, you know, made the best man win. Yep. It's been a long time since Nick has fought. Yeah. But I don't think it's going to make a difference with him. I think he's just going to come back. He's that guy. He's going to come back yeah. and be the Nick Diaz that we all, you know, mm-hmm. remember or have seen before. And Robbie, I, 
it's a good thing for Robbie Lawler because I think Robbie had lost the passion of actually fighting and getting ready for a fight. It was gone. He mm-hmm. was doing it because, you know, he could make money at it. Mm-hmm. I think this fight actually got him excited. Yeah, it did. He it, did an interview talking oh, he? about how he's like, look, he's like, if I can't get up for this, like, this is the one fight that I've always wanted to get back. Yep. He's like, Nick is the fighter that brings the most out of me. He's like, and I, I this is the fight that he wanted to get back. Yeah. So it, it makes sense. Perfect sense. Like should be a great saying. matchup. Should be a great matchup. So, yeah. uh, All right, go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash weighing in. Use the promo code. And still, look, by the way, we were at the Bellator fights last night. People were yelling across the arena, and still. Yeah, and baby. Still. It, was, it was awesome. You guys were awesome. I want to thank you guys all for coming out to the Bellator fights here in San Jose in my hometown. But yelling that and still, weighing in, Oh, weighing I forgot in. I needed to say something. All right, go ahead. Well, look. What you got? Our boss, Scott Coker, uh-huh. during weigh-ins, oh, yes. wore an old-time weighing-in shirt that I had no idea he was going to wear it. Yeah, You didn't know he was going to wear it. And so I took a picture of him at the weigh-ins between Phil Davis and UL Romero. And, uh, you know, I put it out there saying, you know, you know all this stuff. is like, you know, don't worry about, you know, these guys. Look at the shirt that yeah. the, the boss man's wearing. And I had one person who came back and said something about A lot of people came back and said, that's awesome, all stuff. Well, that's why you guys can never be objective. It's like, hey, so you know. I don't want to be objective, you dumbass. Okay. I am a homer. I admit it. And the fact that my boss is wearing my podcast shirt up on stage. Thank you very much, Scott Coker. I love you. (laughs) Yeah. Here's the other thing, though, is I want everyone to understand is that I've had conversations with Scott several times is all we do, honestly, is we just speak what's on our mind. This is not I am not a media source. Okay, what I am is I am I am the Jimmy Kimmel. I am late night entertainment, late night entertainment. That's what we are with a touch of Sports Center, because I do give you true facts. Yeah. And I. I'm not trying to be CNN, Fox News. Yeah. I'm not trying to be the news media source. I'm not trying to be those networks. Yeah, I'm not trying to be the guy breaking yeah, something. I'm I don't care. To be, I'm trying to be Jay Leno for you guys' entertainment. That's what I'm trying to be. <laughs> What's the other? Uh, uh, Bill Cosby. Not Bill Cosby. What? Not that guy. I don't want to be. <laughs> no, what was the guy? That, uh, Jimmy Fallon? No, way, Just way back in the day. Stop, Josh. You oh, Johnny Carson. Johnny, huh? Johnny Carson? Johnny Carson. There you yeah, go. Yeah, baby. Cosby, Carson, same shit. <laughs> don't even know. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Oh, <sighs> Podcast Dave's going to block. He's going to just silence it all out. You're going to hear bleep, 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 bleep. Yeah. That's all you're going to hear. Uh, but look, go go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Wayne in. Use the promo code and still pick up any of our shirts. And uh, Oh, then there was one more thing. I forgot. Because my I don't read the comments. I don't. I, I never read them. But my wife at times read. does. That's why I can read. <laughs> she reads. I can you. read. Just not really well. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. My wife said something about uh. I've just lost it now. If I can see, this is the problem. I got hit the head too many times. <laughs> he can remember what happened in UFC three, but he can't remember what his wife said three days ago. <laughs> oh, how horrible. Oh. That's just horrible. <laughs> just let it go. Oh, it's gone. Man, it's gone. <laughs> He's gonna regret as soon as we go off camera. I'll come up with it. Shit. That's great. All right, guys. Well, I, uh, the last thing is this: go to our YouTube channel, hit the subscribe button as well as the bell and the notifications for that because we drop our shows in the midweek. I show. remember. Oh Jesus! <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. What is it? 
My wife said that someone said on the, on our comments that Dave was editing out edited out the last fifteen minutes of our show. Yeah, yeah, which because we just ramble like this must be because of this. <laughs> but that it was a time that I would someone actually I was I was dogging Herb Dean for being a horrible referee, which now you've already said. At the beginning yeah, of our show, so. you kind of brought that up. No. So just so you guys know, there was never that. Yeah, you know, never whoever's happened. saying that, stop. Yeah. You're lying. Okay? But they also said that we edited out all the Khabib stuff because we, uh, the, the comments were negative. So And that's not true either. We didn't. No, no. We, look, look. Here. We, don't, we don't edit out hardly anything. The only yeah. time we edit something out is when we say something really uh, that we, we screw up the word. Yeah, yeah. Look, we, we don't edit things out. Someone also said that. Dave films or records his questions for the Wayne interjection and then inserts them in. No, Dave does them live. It's oh, just, yeah. it's really that and horrible. And we don't know him until that time. Yeah, and D- Dave's voice is really that horrible at the time. It just, <laughs> it's, that's, that's awesome. He, you know, he's trying. That's I give him credit <laughs> for trying. Um, all right, look, as far as the Khabib thing and anything else to do with the AK fighters or, or anything to do with uh, Scott Coker and those, look, we I've had conversations with Scott. I said, hey, if we're going to have a podcast and we're going to talk about our fighters, I, I can't have you calling me saying, hey, why'd you say that? And he's like, I get it. I understand. We just keep it. We try to keep it as professional as we possibly can. That's the biggest thing. You know, I you, know, we won't, you won't see us on here um, complaining about other you know, uh, other podcasts. I like to poke fun at some of the other ones, but I'm not complaining about them. I think they're all phenomenal. Yep. I love Michael Bisbing. I love um, Kenny Florian, John Anik. I love uh, Shop Show. I love, um, we've got all these other podcasts that are out there. Uh, Chael, I love Chael stuff. Chael brought me up the other day. I actually love Chael, even though Chael's stories are hilarious. Hold it. <laughs> Although Chael's stories are Chael stories. I love them, though. I love I love, <laughs> I love. me some Chael Sonnen, man. There, there's a whole big difference between it. A chael story yeah. and a story about reality. Hey, I love him. If you guys He's go on when you guys watch when I did my interview with Helen, I had to tell a story about Khabib. My storytelling is fucking horrible. Chael, though, his okay. storytelling is fucking amazing. Yeah, he's got some good stories. So, but when I have these conversations with whether it's the the AKA guys or whether it's uh, Coker, you cannot have a podcast and tread lightly on the things that we say. And I said, look, I, we have to have the freedom to say what we're going to do, and. Look, we just try to be as professional as we possibly can, which is not easy for us because we're not professional at all. Exactly, we're not. But uh, we have a great time. This is fun for us, and that's about it. So, hey, hopefully you guys hit that notification, hit the little link, hit the subscribe button, all those things. That link down below. Oh! God, please. (laughs) I just had to do it just to screw with you. I'm sorry. But if you hit the link down below in in our big YouTube channel, in our main YouTube channel, that will take you to our Clips channel. Hit the subscribe button there as well, as as well as the notifications bell. Hopefully you guys enjoy this show, and you guys... We'll see you guys for the midweek show. John, get home safe today. Travel. Long way to go. A lot of traveling left. But for the, everybody out there, have a great, great Sunday. And we will see you.